Should a newly married couple adopt the minhagen, the customs of the husband's family or the wife's? Welcome to the Transformative Talk. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 71 of Tractate Subas, and we ask, why not maintain both customs? Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrusa today. I like to begin with a story. The first couple of years of our marriage, we spent Pesach with my parents in Sydney and my wife's parents in New York. After that, we moved to Edmonton, and as Rabbi Rebbitson, we were the ones making Pesach and conducting the Seder. One of the customs that my wife had grown up with was to pass the Seder plate over everyone's heads. I told her it was beautiful, but it wasn't our family minhag, our custom, to which she replied, My father always did it. I think it's one of the highlights of the Yom Tov. If you're not going to do it, I'll do it myself. I wasn't going to argue with her, and so for the next few years, that became the practice in our home. But then one day, I realized how immature I had acted. Let's look at today's Kamara. Then I was in his eyes as one that found peace. Rabbi Yochanan expounds like a bride who is considered perfect in her father-in-law's house and is eager to go and relate her praise in her father's house. And it shall be on that day, says Hashem, that you will call me my husband, Ishi, and you will no longer call me my master, Bali. Rabbi Yochanan expounds like a bride in her father-in-law's house and not like a bride still in her father's house. There are two words, as we analyze this Gemara, for husband in Hebrew, Baal and Ish. The former connotes ownership, while the latter connotes partnership. When you get married, there's a sense of winning a prize. You own something that nobody else can have. But true love must transition from that feeling of acquisition to a feeling of partnership. The initial phase of marriage is a period of transition. Suddenly you have to live with with another human being and adjust to all of their sentiments, behaviors, and quirks. What's more, not only do you have a new spouse, but you also have to deal with a whole new family and all their sentiments, behaviors, and quirks. That can be a real challenge for some who say to themselves, well, I married him, I didn't marry his family. The Torah doesn't accept that response. We have a duty to respect our in-laws. Respect for in-laws is a much more difficult mitzvah than respect for parents. You need to work on yourself to make it happen. The in-law relationship is unnatural. It's not unreasonable to want to resist embracing your spouse's quirky family. It's not what you're used to. But working your hardest to become part of the family and treating them as your own flesh and blood goes a very long way to becoming one with your spouse. Sometimes, if your spouse has issues with their parents, it can be doubly challenging. You find yourself walking a fine line between supporting your spouse emotionally while at the same time being extremely careful to treat your in-laws with the utmost honor. It's really not okay for your spouse to talk negatively about their parents, but it's certainly far worse if you were to weigh in. The truth is, irrespective of whatever issues your spouse might have with them, you are eternally indebted to your in-laws. After all, they created this incredible individual that you call your husband or wife. One of the ways that we can honor our in-laws and bring incredible joy to our spouse is in the area of family minhag, custom. Why was I opposed to my wife's minhag of the Seder plate? Because it wasn't my family's minhag. And so I felt justified telling her that it would not be our family minhag. But then one day, I had a huge awakening. Was the Seder plate ritual my father-in-law's minhag? Hardly. My father-in-law is a dyed-in-the-wool Litvak. He hails from the royal rabbinic families of Bialystok in Lithuania. Admittedly, over the years, he's adopted more and more Hasidic practices as his sons went in that direction. But a Svadi Jew? He certainly is not. So why does he pass the Seder plate over the heads of all the participants? 
because that's what his Algerian wife wanted him to do. That's what her family did, and for her, that is an essential part of the Seder. My error of judgment stemmed from a misunderstanding of the nature of family minhag. Anytime two people get married, unless they grew up next door to one another, they're bound to come into the marriage with different minhagim. And so in order to preserve Shalom Bayez peace at home, at a certain point in history, the rabbis ruled that the newly married couple should adopt the customs of the husband's family. But here's where I think many people stumble. When must we fall back on this rabbinic enactment? When we have two customs that contradict one another. The simplest example is Nusach the Siddur formula that we utilize to pray from. When an Ashkenazi boy marries a Sephardi girl, they need to choose which Nusach to teach their children. It can't be both, it's one or the other. And so our rabbis rule that we follow the custom of the father. Many customs, however, pose no potential for contradiction whatsoever. When my father-in-law adopted the practice of passing the Seder plate over everyone's heads, did it negatively impact any of his own customs? No, it didn't. It simply added. In such a case, there's no reason to cancel out the wives from Minhagim. Combining each family's rituals only serves to enhance the new home. That's the ultimate meaning of Shalom Bayis. Once that realization dawned on me, it was a game changer. Now I can't wait to see the smile on my wife's face as I jump up to fulfill the mitzvah of Passover. In our tradition, you don't just marry the person, you marry into a family. That means doing your very best to please not only your spouse, but also the parents. The goal is to reach a point where you can say with pride, as the Gemara says, then I was in his eyes as one that found peace. You want to make your spouse so happy that she runs back to her parents, relating how elated she feels about the home you've created together. That doesn't just mean introducing your spouse's family rituals. It means acting like a son or daughter to your in-laws. It means caring for them as their own child would. And sometimes it even means filling in the gaps where your spouse might not be doing enough for their parents. Call your mother-in-law regularly. Send her flowers for Shabbos. Ask your father-in-law about the family customs and rituals. Be the one who organizes their surprise wedding anniversary. No matter how your spouse feels about their parents, they will unconsciously begin to admire and love you more intensely than ever. Marriage about, is about the coming together not just of two individuals, it's the coming together of two lives. Those lives include different experiences, backgrounds, and families. May you merit embracing your spouse's parents and siblings, becoming a regular equal member of the family, and ultimately joining in true unity with your spouse, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.